How many of you saw yourself? Take the hand of somebody with you, near you. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And what can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No, no other fount I know. Nothing but the blood. So, Lord, we need a revelation so we can understand and step into what you have prepared for us even before the foundation of the world. Forgive us for assuming that we know. Forgive us for, for mouthing the words and not producing the fruit. Forgive us, Lord, for head knowledge and not for heart experience. We ask you, Lord Jesus, that everything that you have paid for would be received by us. We thank you for your unspeakable gift. Make us to understand, we pray. Let your word have place in us today. In Jesus' name, all God's people said amen. Hug your neighbor and say, life is in the blood. The life is in the blood. I won't be before you long, but I want to introduce to you um, Where we would go for the next few weeks, I recently was um, inquiring about the righteous leaving an inheritance for their children's children. And so the question came to me, what, in, what inheritance am I leaving my children's children? It made me look at all avenues of income and it made me even think about blood. And... Uh, it made me think about uh, life insurance. And so I, I started inquiring, and, and the first thing they want to do, isn't that a trip? You know what they want to do, right? First thing they want to do is they want blood. It's an amazing thing. Um, a few weeks ago, when the Lord began to deal with me about the table of the Lord, he began to stir me, and I want to share out of God's stirring in my heart so that you can understand, we can, we can lay hold of. In fact, today, by the grace of God, any foundational transaction that, has, that needs to take place inside of you, any eternal transaction, 
that needs to have its place in your heart by the grace of God. Father, let it happen today. And Lord, I thank you that you are the one that gives us understanding so we might know the things that are freely given to us. I praise you, Heavenly Father, for your unspeakable gift. And all God's people said amen. Blood is amazing. Uh, it, it is amazing. It's the most powerful substance actually known to man, even though many are not willing to admit it. But isn't it amazing how you get real serious when somebody says, I want your blood. We live in a bloody culture, have been for a long time. Whether you're talking about the blood of animals or whether you're talking about vampires or whether you're talking about the walking dead, which is all around blood and no blood, or whether you're talking about the blood of the lamb. It is true that if you want to get serious, you can't get more serious in life than you can't get more serious in life than when you start dealing with blood. How many of you have ever, ever visited the hospital? Anybody ever did a hospital visitation and look in someone's arm and they had them hooked up to all kinds of IVs and, and, um, and they're, they're intentional about what they're putting inside the body? You know, the truth is, unless we know the condition of your blood, we do not know your condition. Look at your neighbor and say, unless they know what the blood's like, they don't really know what you're like. It, it, it's, it, and it is interesting that, by the way, if you are looking at your blood, something is wrong with you. Blood is not something that we want to see. My dad... He was, he was, you know, he, he was an infantry, in, he was in the infantry, and, and uh, so he was, he was sort of hardened to, blood didn't bother him. We could come bl blood all over our face. My mother should be going, ah, you know, moms. My, my father had famous words, it'll, it'll get well before you're married. It didn't, somehow that didn't take the pain away. But the truth is, blood will get your attention real quick. In fact, if you're sitting down and you look at your hand or your arm and you, and you, and you, see, and you see red drops of liquid run, you know, you know something's wrong. A friend of mine recently, um, you know, did what all of us have to do in, in that elimination, saw that it was blood red. She said, oh my God, and forgot they had eaten beets. But they were thinking, they were thinking, they were thinking something is wrong. Because if you're looking at your blood, you know something's wrong. It's so serious. Oh, she was trying to tell me last night. I was over. She said, honey, will you open this package for me? My wife, you know, boxes come in the mail. Will you open this for me? And I got my trusty favorite sharp serrated edge, serrated edge knife. And I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm wax, waxing eloquent as I switch over cut the box open and flip, hit that knife against my hand and cut myself. And I was okay until that, that stuff started running. Down. <laughs> Went and got some, uh, you know, you get those, those alcohol and started trying to put the, you know, in it. And, uh, and it, it, it took a while for it to stop. Hands swole up. Blood is interesting. I wonder how much you know about it, though. I wonder if you understand what God has done, even physically in your body. 
Those of you who have ever studied blood, you, 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 you know it's something to deal with. The next few weeks, I want to talk about blood, but I want to talk about what blood will do for you. And I want you to receive what blood will do for you. Amen. It's true. It's, a, it's an amazing substance. Let me, give you some, let me give you some really interesting facts about blood. Did you know red blood cells, they don't have a nucleus and they don't reproduce. They don't multiply. They don't multiply by cell division. They simply are, they are produced, serve their purpose, and they die. And they are replaced every 120 days. Did you know that? That the blood in your body is replaced every 120 days. I also discovered that I didn't know this, that Charles Drew, I forgot about it actually. He, Charles Drew, this African American, he's the one that invented the blood bank. Say blood bank. Man, thank God for blood. A lot of folks would be not here today if it wasn't for that. 7% of your body is, is blood. 7% of the weight of your body is blood. The human body has 60,000 miles of blood cells running throughout your body. 60,000. A newborn baby has about a cup of blood in its body. Red blood cells, um, blood plasma and platelets, they are produced in the bone marrow. And, and if you ever, how many of you like chicken? I'm sorry, forgive me. Raise your hand if you like chicken. Three people, amen. Have you, now, those of you true, true chicken lovers, you know what chicken bouillon is. Where do they get bouillon from? They boil the bones and it saps the substance out the marrow of the bones. If you ever broke a chicken bone, it's, I don't prefer you do that, but if you ever broke break a chicken bone, inside is the marrow of the bone. Inside the marrow. So here's your, here's your muscular, your, your organs, your muscular system, your skin, your, your muscular system wrapped in your organs inside your, the, your skeletal system. But inside the skeletal system is where the marrow or where your life is really being produced. It's an amazing thing. If you've ever had blood trouble, you got trouble. It's amazing that, that the only place where blood cannot be found, by the way, in the body is in the human core, is in the cornea of the eye because the cornea is, com is capable of directing, um, uh, of directly extracting oxygen from the air. I, that's, I didn't know that's a, that is amazing. Everywhere else in your body, though, has blood. Mosquitoes prefer type O. Raise your hand if you're type O. My wife is type O. Wherever she is, they come. Amen. She is a mosquito magnet. Amen. Uh, it's, it's amazing. More than 400 gallons of blood. Check this out. More than four, how many? 400 gallons of blood are filtered through your kidneys daily. That is amazing. At any given time, there are, there are 20 to 30 trillion red blood cells in the human body. Nearly 2 million red blood cells die every two seconds. But at the same time, nearly 2 million red blood cells are replaced every two seconds. 
you didn't know that your body is a manufacturing plant. And God has created you that to sustain your life, blood is absolutely, absolutely necessary. Most people don't think about their blood because they don't see it. And when they see it, it's too late. Something bad has happened. You might want to consider maybe in this series of messages. You might, in fact, we're going to have someone come and, and, and give you an opportunity to give blood before this is over because you're going to lose your fear of that. By the time I'm done, everybody said amen to that. Praise God. And we're going to have Ricardo's going to be first. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> At any time, these uh, nearly two, two million red blood cells die and two million are produced. So God continues a system in your body to keep you alive. Every two seconds, someone in the world needs blood. Every two seconds, someone in the world needs blood. Someone donates blood every eight seconds. And it's amazing that, that, that if, you really, if you really wanna understand your health, you can't measure your health by your weight alone, though that's important. You can't measure your, your weight by, your, by your, your, the, the condition of your skin alone. It's important, but it's not enough. The only way we know what's really going on with you is what's going on with you at the foundation of your life. And that's where blood is manufactured. And the condition of that blood is really the story of your life. It's a story of your health. Your blood, has, your blood contains the code and the DNA for all the generations that have come before you. You are the representation of the hundreds of lives before you. Grandparents and grandparents upon grandparents all the way back is recorded and coded in your blood. Your blood is absolutely amazing. So blood work is what you need to know how you really are. Now they don't get it. Scientists don't get it. They don't know why we die. They can't explain it. They know what happens. They don't know why it happens. Your body actually is engineered to live forever. They don't know why somewhere around 2021, they don't know why a reversal takes place in your body and the production of blood cells and, and that which causes the cells to remain starts breaking down and sending a code to your system to die. They don't get it. They do everything in the world they can do. In fact, the last the doctor I have says they've discovered a thing called telomeres. And telomeres, uh, this is a property that is, uh, enables to extend the life of a cell. But they can't do it forever. They only can extend it a little bit. There's also a, 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 a similar system, I, I hope I pronounce it right, telomeres, I may not be pronouncing it right, it, it's the chief mechanism inside of your system that tells your body it's time to disintegrate. It's time to degenerate. It's time for the death process to begin. 
It's absolutely amazing. There is a, there, blood is so incredible until there are generations and there are cultures who drink blood for the strength that they get from it. In fact, I want to, I want to give you, I'd like you to look at, look at with me, look at, um, look at Leviticus chapter 17, starting with verse 11. What an incredible insight concerning blood. The whole chapter, actually, if you want to read more, God is very, he's very implicit with his people about this substance called blood. It says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you on the altar, my God, to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood by reason of the life that makes atonement. For as, verse 14, for as the life, for as the life of all flesh, its blood is, is identified with its life. Therefore, I said to the sons of Israel, you are not to eat the blood of any flesh. For the life of all flesh is is its blood. The life of all flesh is its blood. Whoever eats of it will be cut off. Isn't that amazing? It's an amazing statement. For the life of the flesh is the blood. And the word life there, actually suke, if, 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 when you translate it back, it's, suke, it's soul. The word there, life, is soul. The soul of an animal is in its blood. Can I put it this way? The nature of an animal is produced by its blood. When the Roman Romans Romans they would they would have this ritual where they would slaughter a bull, drain its blood and drink it before they went into battle. There are cults and there are organizations of people and religious rites. In fact, most religious rites have something to do with blood. And unfortunately, many of them the blood of animals. God made a distinction with his people. He said, as far as, as you're concerned, to eat this is, is I can use, I'm, I'm using my own word, to eat this is a curse to you and poison to you. He said, if you, if, if you, if you do that, no matter what you get from it, if you do that, what you will definitely get because of it is a curse. It's an amazing thing. So when you consider blood, you, you, you think of, when we think about and talk about blood, man, it gets very serious. Someone came here and, and, and came to the, and had bandages and they started bleeding. You know, we'd be calling the nurses to do something. By the way, Brenda is actually a, a, a serious nurse, amen. We have, we have several here, and, and in fact, my wife just recently uh, started getting them back together so that if any of you fall out, we can get you help right now. Amen. Blood is amazing. Blood work is even more telling. And that's what we want. Lord, give us blood work. Help us to know the condition of where we are. Lord, where we need a transfusion, Lord, give us a transfusion. Where we need replacement, Lord, give us replacement. 
Because if you don't get it right there, you don't get it right anywhere. It signals your future. <laughs> Amen. That's a great child laugh. <laughs> Check this out. Look at real quickly. Genesis chapter 4, verses 9 through 11. And the Lord said, then the Lord said to Cain, where's Abel? Where's your brother Abel? And he said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? We used to we used to change that phrase when we were growing up, say, I ain't your daddy, I ain't his daddy. In other words, I'm not responsible for him. That's what Cain said. Am I my brother's keeper? Mmm. Then the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Lord, have mercy. Would you consider the fact that all innocent blood that's ever been shed has a voice? And the Lord said to Cain, your brother, your dead brother, his blood, his soul, his life has been speaking to me from the ground. Oh my God. And I kind of considers those that commit murder in any way that, that the victim of, of that crime, their blood speaks I think about what, what, the, what is the noise in the heavens that God hears from the millions of babies whose blood has been shed even before they're born. It is amazing. Check this out, what God says about it. He says, you are now, you are cursed, verse 11, you are cursed from the ground, which is, has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you cultivate the ground, it will no longer yield its strength to you. You will be a vagrant and a wander in the earth. The curse that came upon Cain because he spilled innocent blood and his, in fact, his livelihood was in the ground since he was a tiller of the ground. But when, that, when the ground received the innocent blood of his brother, the ground refuses to produce for him. Now, I wonder about this because there are places in the earth where wars and unjust wars have been fought. There are cities and towns and villages and back streets that, are, that, that ground is cursed because of the blood that's been spilt from innocent people. God thinks, God, God takes note of that because blood to him is precious. All of the next generation is in the blood. All of the previous generations are in the blood. God looks at it very seriously. And then it says in Numbers 35, and uh, Numbers chapter 35, 33 through 34, it, which, means, which, which says we need, the last thing you need to do is pollute your ground. Don't shed innocent blood. Say amen. You shall not pollute the land in which you are, for the blood pollutes the land, and no, ex no expiation can be made for the land, for the blood that is shed upon it, except by the blood of him who shed it. The whole justice system of God kicks into place when, when, when his precious creation that he created dies unjustly at the hand of another. 
In fact, if you want to take this to another extreme, when you go to the book of Revelations, the altar in heaven, underneath the altar of heaven, are the souls that are crying out for vengeance. Their lives haven't been taken for unjust reasons. And they say, how long, Lord? How long? You think blood is not important? You might want to rethink that. You already know yours is. Some of you are suffering today from what came in your blood. Some of you are suffering from, from the lifestyle, the, the culture, uh, the, 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 I'll use a better word, the iniquity in your blood. The propensity to do evil. Y'all want to do right, but you're doing wrong anyway. Things happened up in the bloodline that were passed on down through the generations, and you, you, are, you experience it. The Bible talks about it in a different way. It says the sins of the fathers are passed down through the children, through the third and the fourth generation. The curse that came on people who sinned Actually, the Bible says for ten generations, for three and four generations. But but people who do right, people that are righteous, and people whose blood has been changed, the, the, the blessings for ten generations comes. You might want to give more attention to blood. When you think about it, Jesus said some incredible things in the middle of his ministry, at the height of his popularity, and his, his teaching gift, everybody's listening with the ear like E.F. Hutton. <laughs> and they want to know what he has to say. When the crowds are pressing in to hear what he's talking about, he breaks the conversation in a way that is unprecedented in his ministry. What he said then was shocking to them. Let me read you what he said. He, he said in, in John's, when John records it, John, who was close to Jesus, as, as close as you could get to Jesus in relationship, in friendship, John was. And John says, here's what the Lord said. Jesus said, I am, chapter 6, verse 51, I am the living bread that, that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the, bread, and the bread also which I give for the life of the world, and the bread also which I give for the life of the world, and the bread that I give for the life of the world is my flesh. And, G, the, and the Jews began arguing with themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Because when you're fleshly, that's the only way you think. They thought that way because they were not spiritual minded. They were not born again. Their ears were not open to, to, to the kingdom of God. And they, they couldn't discern what he was saying. So they took it solely in the natural. Are you serious? And one of the, if, you really want, if you really want to insult uh, an, orth an orthodox Jew, then have him eat human flesh. Or even worse, drink human blood. 
So when Jesus says, the, 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 the bread that I give, which is my flesh, I give it for the life of the world, they are looking at him like, if you, we know you're crazy. Now we know you're a lunatic. And Jesus goes on and he continues his discourse. He says, verse 53, so Jesus said to them, truly, truly, you know when the Lord said truly, truly, you better listen. Truly, truly, when he says truly, truly, he means you need to get this. Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourselves. You can't get more insulting and you can't give a better compliment. And Jesus says to them concerning this substance, which is more powerful than any other to men, you must drink it, my blood, and eat it, my flesh. Verse 54, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides with me and I in him as the living father sent me and I live because of the father so he who eats me he also will live because of me So Jesus is making these words. I can think about his disciples who are sitting around him thinking, did he say eat his flesh and drink his blood? That's what he said. Did you hear the same thing? That's what he said. Now they're his disciples and they've been around him a while so they can't act like they don't know what he's talking about. Because a disciple by definition is one who's being taught by his master. So they had to act like, you know, got that? And they're looking at each other like, we, we ain't never heard this before. But that's what he said. Are you all there, saints? When you read down further, you'll see that many of them decided not to, not to keep following him. They decided, I think we out. We out right now. We, we, we out. I, I think about this, the abuses of this when disciples are made for the wrong reasons. When disciples follow because of the words they should understand but they do not understand. Uh, I think about the, the, the catastrophe of, of followers that followed a man who moved whole, whole communities uh, uh, in America, moved them to Ghana, and led them in a way that decided, I want y'all to drink this. I want you, we all, not, nothing's worth living for, so we all gonna die. And it gives, how many, by the way, if you ever think anything like that comes out of my mouth, just go on, get on up, just walk. Amen. <laughs> you know, and, and of course the world uses Jim Jones' situation to, as a mark against Christianity. But there's nowhere in the Bible where God will ask you to drink something that will kill you. At least not like you think. <laughs> Blood is powerful. Not to understand it is to miss everything that God has for you. So check it out, saints. Blood, blood is so special until 
when you want to make a great friendship, and I'm going to do a part of this series, I'm going to talk about this. When you, when, you, when, you want, when you want to have the closest of relationship, there is an exchange of blood. Yeah, you, in, the, in this nation, when you want to make a covenant with a person, or more specifically, a blood covenant with a person, it would, one person would cut one wrist, uh, cut another wrist, and you put your wrist together to mingle your blood. And this was, this was uh, unbreakable. It couldn't be broken without death. It was an unbreakable bond between two people. If you want to see this in another way that's actually more powerful than that, than that when a, how many of y'all are married? Raise your hand if you're married. Raise your hand if you're, and wave it at me if you're happy. Wave it harder. Amen. Okay, all right. If you're, if you're married, you know, one of the things that seals the marriage covenant is the exchange of blood. God thinks it's pretty awesome. Jesus said, you have to drink it, my blood, and eat it. In other words, you must, I must be consumed by you. And the life in me becomes the life in you. Now I wonder how many of you have ever thought about, have I, have I, have I, am I drinking of his blood? Is his life in me? It's my life, a, a personification of his life, because the soul of God is in his blood. I wonder if you thought about that. Have you, have you, have you considered that in the blood of God, the soul of the Holy Son the, was the Holy Son of God. The, the soul of the Son of God was in his blood. The eternal life of the Godhead was, was carried in that blood. The power of the blood of Jesus is nothing less than the eternal power of God. The blood of Jesus is so powerful that in its value, his blood in its, in its, in its, in its value carries God's gotta put it this way God's essence God's soul is in his blood and you ask yourself well, what, well why did why blood well this is part of the reason why Jesus had to be a man I mean a real full-fledged man that's why he had to be flesh and bone and blood. It's also why Mary did not have relationship, sexual relationships with Joseph until well after Jesus was born. Because dads determined the blood type of the baby. And God wanted to preserve his blood in that holy infant, Jesus. 
And, and because it's the soul of God, because it's the life of God in him, but it is the physical body of a human person. We have Jesus as the most unique person in all the universe. Jesus was who he was before he ever became Mary's baby. He would call himself the Word. But the moment he comes and becomes a, an embryo inside of, and by the way, that's why, that's one reason why we do not destroy embryos. The preciousness of a life is in the blood and there is no being in the world more precious than a human being. God would take the blood of bulls and goats to be sacrificed on the altar and that blood was the substitute for their atonement. But it never changed them on the inside. They could get forgiveness, but not transformation in the Old Testament. They did something wrong. They could confess their sin and bring the animal and, and chop the animal, rock and let the blood. And that was that blood on the altar. Kept God, the judgment from God, of bringing down his wrath on them. But it didn't change them. They had to keep on sacrificing animals. Holiday after holiday. Season after season. That blood, if you went to the if you went, if you went to the tent, if you went to the tabernacle, I want to tell you when you first come in, it would stink. Because you've never smelled anything more putrid in your life than to smell something dead. Hello, somebody, are you there? I don't, nobody here's ever smelled anything dead. And, and the problem with your smelling is the blood that putrefies. They had blood, the altar was full of blood, the animals, and then they would burn the animals. So when you walked into the first part of the tabernacle, it, it did not smell good. And God was sending us a signal what he was about to do for us and to himself. Blood is so powerfully important that there is no salvation without it. So when Jesus comes, he is 100% not half, not three quarters. He's 100% man. And he's 100% God. Let me make it clear to you. We beheld him full the Father revealed himself through Jesus Christ, full of grace and truth. So all of Jesus is a full representation of God. You just don't get to see all the glory because you couldn't stand that in your flesh right now. You get to see glimpses of it. And so when Jesus offers himself calls himself the lamb. His cousin John said, behold the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Somebody had to spill his blood. Tap your neighbor and say, there is no salvation without pain. <laughs> I 
calendar. I got to stop. This is just my introduction to this series, but I want you to understand something. If you don't understand blood, you don't understand your inheritance. If you don't understand blood, you don't understand the power that is available to you as somebody who now is no longer a stranger from the old, co a stranger from the covenants. Now you become a fellow citizen of the household of God and the kingdom of God. If you don't understand blood, then you can't draw down on your account. If you don't know what blood has purchased for you, then you're living in your misery for nothing. If you don't understand blood, then you don't know that you don't know that that, that there's, there's a place that you can draw down from God what he has provided. Some of the old saints loved God very much, but they didn't have that revelation of God's, of God's provision through his blood. So he did, they would say, well, let it be the will of God. So by the time I'm done next few weeks, you will, you will understand by the grace of God what the Father has provided for you. Don't be mad at God because you didn't know about it or you didn't receive it. And so today, I want you to consider this in the giving of the Son of God. He said, you've got to eat my flesh and you've got to drink my blood or you don't have any part with I want you to be sure, I want you to be clear that you have appropriated that blood. My parents would sing about this all the time, and I didn't get it. What key are you in, man? There is, are you okay? A fountain field with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge beneath that flood lose all their guilty stain I just realized that you didn't know that, but you did pretty good by following that bet you did, right? <laughs> uh, this is my wonderful millennial friend who's coming into the great things of God. <laughs> yeah, but the question is, have you drawn it down? Did you drink it? Are you still counting on your besties? I just gotta do the best I can and hope it works out good. That's not the powerful salvation that God has provided with his own life. Or are you, worse than that, are you trying to be good enough? You're trying to offer God your goodnesses. Lord, Lord you know, you know I, I go to church, I pray, I get my tithes. But did you not know that when Jesus said life is in the blood, he's not just talking about animate life, he's talking about eternal life. That means if you're going to live eternally, somebody's got to experience eternal death for you. 
If you're going to have the life of God, somebody has to die the death of God. If you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to live with Jesus in a life and a lifestyle commiserate to what He declares in His Word, that means somebody got to suffer. Somebody has got to spill their blood. I want to close with this. There's an old picture painted in Christendom in antiquity that pictures the pelican. Some of you may not know, but the pelican is actually was actually used by the early church to depict Christ. I said, why did they do that? Well, the pelican, as used by our fathers, and, and here's the way the story went. I was amazed at the story. That a pelican mother, when there is a drought and when there is starvation and when there's no rain and no vegetation, has such love for her babies that she allows a cut in her skin, in her, under her feathers, through her blood, and her babies come and actually drink her blood. Jesus said, you know, the life that I give, the flesh that I give, the blood that I give is for the life of the world. Jesus comes and says to you, and, and he's talking to his disciples, and he knows, make no mistake, he knew exactly what he was about to do. He knew his mission. He knew what he was to accomplish for God the Father. And Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and when they sat down to that meal, when they sat down to that meal that last time, he said, this is my blood. This cup represents my blood in the new covenant, which is poured out for many. He understood it. He knew that, that the blood flowing in his veins was going to be for the life of the world. When they shoved that spear up into his side and blood and water gushes out and hits the earth, when that blood hits the earth, Lord, have mercy. When that blood touched the terra forma, every cursed thing and ugly thing and wicked thing and non-growing thing, now the price has been paid and the reverse of all of the curse, look at your neighbor and say, he reversed your curse. But you got to drink. Tell your neighbor, but you got to drink. Okay, so I, I end with this. In order for Jesus to purchase, the Bible calls it redemption, in order for him to redeem you and I from our sins, the price had, was already exacted by the Father. The Father knew what it would cost to get us back. That's why Jesus, his life, his death is an expression of the Father's love. It's not an expression of judgment. The judgment only comes to those who kick that love in the face and turn their, their, and turn their life from what he has provided. But make no mistake, God the Father 
pours out the life of his son in the earth to buy you back from him, for him, from Satan, for himself. By the way, God didn't pay Satan for you because Satan didn't create you. He only perverted you. He only uses you for his own rebellion against God. But God now is using him. And now all the sin that's been created, all the sin you've been in, all the life of, of, of iniquity, of, of rebellion, to what you know is good and right and true, the yielding to your own flesh. Isn't it amazing that if I yield to my flesh, which has blood in it, which, which is the nature of my flesh is in the blood, that blood is drawing you to death. Because that blood has been contaminated by sin. That blood is where we get the idea, I'm going to do it anyway. That blood is, I know it's wrong, but it's so good, I'm going to do it anyway. That blood is what signals your body, your mind, to embrace what is evil and wicked. Yesterday in my notes, I was, I was reading in my notes, the, the most horrid crime you can commit is to take an innocent life. My brother wrote a song about it. If you lie, you steal. If you steal, eventually you break the law and you kill. Sin is in the blood. Iniquity is because of the blood. God is not angry with you. God's not mad with you, saints. God is the one who's saying, I have a better life. I have a better way. I'm paying for it. I'll pay for it before you even know your name. I'll pay for you. I will, I will, I will pay the whole price. And my price, this is the Father speaking, my price for your sin is nothing short of death. So you won't have to die. I will come as my son and I will die your death for you. Not just the expiration, the suffering, the beating, the nailing, the spitting, the defaming, the embarrassment, the dishonor. I will bear it in front of the whole world. I'll bear it for you because every, every drop of blood, every wound cries out to the heavens, I love you. I love you. For those of you that got an idea that the Father God's mad with you, he's lying. Look at, you. Look at your neighbor and say, God, the Father is not lying. Whoever told you that is a liar. God is not mad with you. God is not mad with you. Find somebody that's looking right in the eye and say, God's not mad with you. Bow your heads right there where you sit. I am not going to assume anything. The people can come to church and listen to messages all day long and never get it. It's just, it becomes just religious to, religion to them. they only interested in, well, I, if I could just, you know, do, do my little bit. Thank you, sir. 
do my religious duty and I'll be okay. No, actually, when you go home, <laughs> is when you find out what nature you're living by. Not only does he save you from the penalty of death, his blood saves you from the power of death. God wants not only to settle the account over your life, God wants to empower you so that you can naturally, Lord have mercy, because you want to live in a way that pleases him. And that's why Satan does not, Satan doesn't mind you drinking the blood of animals. He doesn't mind you indulging your life in vampirism. But he, don't want, he wants you to stay away from the blood of a lamb. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the hearer today that our ears would be so open that we would understand that the price has been absolutely and completely paid. That you, Heavenly Father, suffered for us, spilled your blood out for us, that life may come to us. Lord, we declare today that life is in the blood and the life in our flesh cannot redeem us, but the life in his flesh more than adequately redeems us. For any soul, Lord, that has not received it and has not received the power thereof, I pray for them now in Jesus' name that they would accept the unthinkable, the lavish gift of suffering for us, for our sins, that we might be completely forgiven and completely accepted. Forgive us for trusting in anything else. Not our gifts, not our talents, not our good works. None of that, Father. We drop it all today. And we come solely upon your mercy and your grace. Thank you for what you endured for us. Thank you for breaking every curse off of our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said amen. Stand to your feet.